Hello, this is Professor Leslie Greffel-Tenzer, and this is Law to Fact. Today I'm speaking with Professor Bennett Capers about the best evidence rule. Professor Bennett Capers is the Stanley A. August Professor of Law at Brooklyn Law School, where he teaches evidence, criminal procedure, and criminal law. In this episode, I'm speaking with Professor Bennett Capers, the Stanley A. August Professor of Law at Brooklyn Law School, where he teaches evidence, criminal procedure, and criminal law. Professor Capers is a prolific writer who writes about race, gender, and criminal justice, and has contributed several op-eds and commentaries to many publications, including the New York Times. Prior to coming to teach, he was an assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, hence his knowledge and command of evidence. In this particular episode, he'll talk about the best evidence rule and why it's kind of a misnomer. So let's talk about the best evidence rule. So what is the best evidence rule? So first of all, I want to start off by saying uh, even calling it the best evidence rule um, contributes to the confusion. I think it's one reason why students struggle with the best evidence rule, because there's no requirement that a litigant introduce the best evidence at trial. Uh, that's not what the best evidence means. So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, let's say John Doe robs a bank, and the best evidence is a surveillance camera video showing John Doe robbing the bank. There's actually no rule requiring that the prosecutor offer that videotape into evidence. Okay. A smart prosecutor, a smart prosecutor probably would introduce it, uh, but there's no no rule requiring her to do so. Uh, Certainly not the best evidence rule. Mm -hmm. So really the best evidence rule is much more limited. And I think to understand it and what I tell students, this is how I start off when I do the best evidence rule. I think it helps to first start off with a bit of history to understand its origins. Okay. So so I encourage people to think back to the days before we had scanners where we could scan documents or mm-hmm. photocopiers to photocopy documents. And I encourage people, especially if they are, uh, you know, uh, inclined at all, uh, you know, in a literary sense, uh, to think of the days of Herman Melville's Bottleby the Scrivener. Okay. Because back then, yeah. for example, if you had a contract with another party and you wanted a copy, mm-hmm. uh, chances are you had to employ somebody to copy it by hand. Right. So we're going and way, 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 way back. Yes, way, 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 yeah. way back. And like the 1800s way back, about. Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay yeah. And, and copying by hand obviously introduces the risk of error because humans are fallible and they make mistakes. Yes. So the best evidence rule mm-hmm. was created to deal basically with this human fallibility, the possibility that humans might make mistakes. So it meant that if somebody wanted to introduce a contract into evidence at a trial mm-hmm. in order to prove like what the terms were, the courts insisted that they produce the original contract. Right, a be- copy handwritten by somebody else would not suffice because it might not be accurate. Right, and it's not even fraud. It just might be an innocent mistake, but the original is always better as opposed to an original or a copy, correct? 
Uh, well, sort of, sort of. But the main concern was it might not be accurate. Okay. Um, so that's why the best evidence rule is sometimes described as the original writing rule. Um, and, you know, the requirement of an original might be a better way of thinking about it than best evidence. And, you know, we apply this rule with respect to writings, but it also applies to photographs or any recording. Mm -hmm. So for any one of these three things, a writing, a photograph, or recording, the rule insists that the original be produced if a party is trying to prove the contents at trial. So the actual language of uh, this is Rule 1002 from the Federal Rules of Evidence, which is basically codifying the best evidence rule, that an original writing, recording, or photograph is required to prove its content is essentially what it says. Got it. So might it be useful if I give a couple of illustrations? Yes, that would be really helpful. So for example... Yes. Yeah, so, for example, and the important thing in thinking about these examples is what it turns on is whether the litigant is trying to prove the content of a writing, photograph, or recording. Okay. So, let's go back to the bank robbery example where John Doe robs a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a video surveillance camera that the prosecutor could use if she wants to. However... If the prosecutor simply wants to call, you know, the bank teller mm-hmm. and the security guard and a few of the patients to the stand to testify about, yeah, this guy came into the bank, uh, there he is sitting right there, and that's how the prosecutor wants to prove his case, then there's no violation of the best evidence rule if the prosecutor doesn't introduce the tape or ever mention the tape. Got it. Things, things become very different if... The prosecutor wants to prove the content of the tape because then the prosecutor has to produce the tape and the original. So let's assume um, the prosecutor has all these witnesses, the bank teller, patrons, the security guard. But let's assume um, and, and let's assume all these witnesses can testify about the bank robbery. Mm-hmm. But let's assume the robber has a mask on the whole time. At one point in the robbery, he he steps out into the hallway, yeah, and takes off his mask for a second. Okay, and and there's video footage of that, but there are no witnesses. Okay, there are no witnesses. So in that case, the prosecutor wants to uh, introduce the tape. He might want to introduce it through the same bank teller, who's just going to introduce it, sort of like, oh, you know, we have, uh, um, you know video cameras, they call it, quote, all parts of the bank, I know how they operate, so she can authenticate the tape, but she wasn't a witness to what's on it, to the section that the prosecutor cares about. In that instance, the prosecutor is trying to prove the contents of what was on the tape for when the bank robber is in the hallway and lifts his mask. Right. For and, that, and the, the yeah. prosecutor needs to introduce the tape. I see. Because the tape is going to prove technically who the defendant is, right? So an element of the crime, yes. that's the person who committed the act, something like that. The right? other, yeah, exactly. Okay. And the other way of thinking about it is the tape now has independent uh, evidentiary value. Okay. Oh, that's a good way to say it, independent evidentiary value. So that's a question, yes. right? If it has independent evidentiary value, then it is important to introduce 
the original, which is the best evidence. Is that a correct yeah. way of saying it? And, okay. and, and not, only, not only important, but uh, crucial. Crucial. So, yeah, so if, sticking with that same hypothetical, mm-hmm. if the prosecutor simply called the bank teller and the bank teller sort of testified, yeah, a robber came in and I was sitting, you know, at my little window. Uh, then he stepped outside into the hallway. Um, I didn't see what he did in the hallway, but I know there's a surveillance videotape and I've reviewed it. And on the tape, you know, uh, he removes his mask. Mm-hmm. Um, if the prosecutor does not offer the tape into evidence, mm-hmm. the other side can object, say, judge, best evidence rule violation and mm-hmm. basically exclude the testimony about what's on the tape because the prosecutor has failed to offer the tape into evidence. Got it. And I, I have a question. Is the best evidence rule, I don't teach evidence, is it a common law rule? Is it a federal rule of evidence? Or where do we get that it's, best evidence rule from? We, we get it from England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a common law rule and Basically, all of our evidentiary rules are common law until they were basically codified in 1975 with so, the federal rules of evidence. And states basically followed suit by almost word for word adopting the federal rules of evidence. So, has, so, so the best evidence rule has been codified by the federal rules of evidence? Is that fair to say? Yes. It's, it's, yes. It's rule 1000 and basically it's a rule, rule 1001, 2, 3, and 4. But you know, if you say a thousand and one violation, everybody knows you, even though technically the correct rule is probably a thousand two. Okay. The rule uh, one thousand and three, since we now have photocopying machines and other means of mechanical reproduction, rule one thousand three basically says that a mechanical duplicate uh, will suffice and be treated as if it's an original. Okay. Oh, interesting. And and so are there any qualifications for what constitutes a mechanical device? Only because I think about how, you know, a while ago, faxes were new and now emails, well, nothing's really that new now, but I'm sure there'll be something new on the horizon. So it's just anything that's produced through any kind of technology, mechanically? Yeah, anything that that eliminates the risk of human error. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. So a, a, a scan... Um, a photocopy. Um, so going back to the bank robbery hypothetical, mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the videotape, the prosecutor, if the prosecutor's like wants to prove what was on the tape when the robbers in the hallway, mm-hmm. we've already said he has to produce the tape, but the prosecutor does not have to introduce the very original tape. The prosecutor can introduce into evidence a copy of the tape okay. because these tapes we will treat a copy of the tape the same as the original tape. Okay, and no questions asked, but I'm assuming, you know, with respect to the copy, but I'm assuming that authentication is a separate issue. Uh, not so much. I mean, authentication is required for every piece of tangible evidence introduced to trial. Mm-hmm. So authentication simply means that the party offering the evidence mm-hmm. has to make a showing that it is what the proponent claims it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're claiming, oh, this is a photograph of the interior of the bank, Mm -hmm. you need basically a witness to say, yes, I'm familiar with the bank. Uh, yes, this is, um, what the bank looks like. This is a photograph of the interior of the bank. Got it. 
Okay, so this is great, and it's, it's pretty straightforward, and I understand it from your explanation. Question for you, and you could use the um, hypothetical of the bank, but if this were to be an exam question, and let's say the exam question where the, the prosecutor wants to introduce evidence of the um, robber taking off his mask in the hallway, and he now has a tape, what would a student do in order to properly answer that kind of question? Or, in fact, would that be how the question's asked, or is there another way to ask the question? No, I could imagine the question being asked that way. I mean, if I were a student, first of all, um, you know, hopefully the student would immediately think, oh, I wonder, this, this seems to present a best evidence issue. Mm-hmm. And the best evidence obviously requires that if a party is trying to prove the content of a writing, photograph, or recording, the original has to be introduced. But of course, under Rule 1003, a uh, mechanical copy will suffice. In this case, if I were the student, I would sort of recite the rule mm-hmm. and then sort of recite what seems to be going on in this case. Um, so it might be, if you know, the whole hypothetical spelled out in the question, the good student is going to sort of analyze it by saying, oh, when the, felt, when the bank teller is testifying about what she observed and not referencing a tape at all mm-hmm. there's no best evidence issue but as soon as the bank teller began begins discussing something that she did not see or something that she knows about because of the tape or and this is going a step beyond what i discussed before Or she seems to be communicating to the jury, this is true because it is on tape, then uh, the best evidence rule kicks in, and the other side has the right to insist that the best evidence, i.e. the original tape or copy, mechanical copy of the tape, be introduced at trial. Okay. So let me me give you one more example to sort of illustrate what I mean by a witness um sort of referencing something so imagine i'm a police detective i've just arrested oh i'll arrest john doe the bank robber okay i've just arrested john doe the bank robber take him back to the precinct to read him his miranda rights he waives his rights um and he makes a confession and it just so happens you know um uh, I write down his confession, or we have a video recording, whatever, or both. Mm-hmm. At trial, if the prosecutor wanted to call me as a witness, as I'm sure a smart prosecutor would, I could take the stand and simply say, yes, I was the arresting officer. I arrested John Doe. I advised him of his Miranda rights. He waived those rights. And he told me he confessed that he participated in this robbery. Okay. If that's all I testify to, there's no best evidence problem because I'm not basing anything on a recording or a photograph. Um, however, if I testify, yes, I uh, arrested John Doe, I advised him of Miranda rights, he waived them, and he made a statement. And on the statement, which I recorded, he says X, then you're getting into a fine line mm-hmm. because the issue is going to be, well, is the witness sort of communicating to the jury? You know this because it's on a, it's in a writing or in a, it's on a photo, like a video. Mm-hmm. 
or is it independent? And in that situation, the other side can still say, judge, it seems that the witness is sort of referring like, oh, offering sort of mentioning the videotape as independent evidence. So we want that videotape or that writing introduced. Got it. Like the, the witness is basically like, I know X because, or you can trust me that X happened because of a videotape or a writing. Basically, if the witness is bringing it up in mm-hmm. that kind of context, mm-hmm. then it seems to me it's you're getting into the best evidence problem again. I and see. the uh, evidence should be introduced. I see. So there's like, there's two issues, it seems to me. One issue is what is the purpose for which the evidence is being introduced, Right. And if the purpose yes. is, so if the evidence is being introduced to prove the elements of the, of whatever wrong you're trying to prove in court, then it has to be the original or a, me- a mechanically reproduced facts, you know, a copy thereof. Uh, and then exactly. The, and then the second issue I would think is are to make sure it's either the original or the mechanically reproduced copy. Yes. And, and I'm trying yes. to think of a situation of where, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost become a non-issue in this technological world. Right, right, It's become right. a non-issue. Okay, so if it's a non-issue, then students be happy. It may not be one asked on an exam. Is that fair to say? The latter. Not the best evidence rule, but yes. whether it's a mechanical copy. Um, yes. Wonderful. All right, that's great. That really explains it beautifully. Um, and I think I get it. So it's a pretty simple rule. Yeah, but it is. But it's, it's nice to hear you explain it, and, and uh, particularly to hear it in the context of an exam. So, all right, so I have one other question for you. Um, well, is there anything else you think you, that you would like to add about the best evidence rule? That's my first question. I, I think you pretty much did it, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. Um, you know, I could get a, the, the one or two minor complications. Um, sometimes the requirement for producing an original or a copy will be excused if it was, you know, if the, if the party does not have it, but you know, was acting in good faith and, you know, you know, didn't intentionally do anything wrong and not having it, then it might be excused. So for instance, if I had the photograph, but it was destroyed in a fire through no, correct, no bad faith or no No fault of your own. No fault of my own. Right. Okay. So that would be one. Yeah. And what's the other wrinkle? These are helpful. Um, let's see the other wrinkle is another area where the best evidence rule kicks in, but it seems so intuitive, it almost seems silly to call it a separate area. Mm-hmm. If the whole case is about <laughs> a document or photograph or recording, then the best evidence rule applies. Right. Okay, but I mean, so you know, co- I know that... So a, copy, so a copyright violation case, <laughs> the right. best evidence rule applies. <laughs> right. it sounds silly, yeah. but you know, nothing is too simple. As far as I'm concerned, like... Even explaining the obvious is important, particularly when you have to learn all these rules for both law school and for the bar. I'm assuming this is a big bar favorite, the best evidence rule. Is it or not really? It is. I mean, I tell students when I teach evidence that the only reason I teach the best evidence rule is because it's on the bar exam. Right, right. I right. think in real life. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was a, 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 you know, a prosecutor for close to a decade right? Um, and tried lots of cases um, watch other people trying cases. I've never heard of best evidence rule objection, hmm. in part because I think in the normal course of trying a case, we're all introduced. <laughs> the evidence is going to help the case. Right, right. Of course, you're going to introduce the best evidence, right? That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. So it's, it's more, it, it's, it seems like it's a thing that comes up on the ball exam simply to trick them and see what they know and whether they understand when it applies and when it does not. Okay. That makes sense. And therein lies teaching law versus practicing law, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this is super helpful. I have, can I ask you one other question? Which, um, what if you if you were going back to law school today? What's one thing you might do differently? If I were a student, yes. Huh. Um, I would listen to more podcasts. Oh, right answer. Wonderful. <laughs> I love that answer. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> Thanks, Bennett. <laughs> So that's my discussion with Professor Bennett Capers. Great advice. Remember, the best evidence rule is typically on the bar exam and probably on an evidence exam too. Can you do us a favor? If you're enjoying these podcasts, can you please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen? If you need us, you can always reach us at lawdefact at gmail.com or tweet us at lawdefact. That's it for today. Thank you as always to www.bensound for the music. Have a great day.